Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, food bloggers. The new Eat Blog Talk community platform is on its way to you very soon, coming in August. And I cannot wait to open the doors for you to come see the space we're setting up inside. One of my favorite things about the platform is the service provider and resource directory, where food bloggers can find jobs and also offer their own products and services. Join the waitlist to get details and discounts so you can start feeling more connected and more confident. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash launch to get the scoop. Hey, food bloggers, welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for you, food bloggers seeking value for your businesses and for your lives. Today, I have Matt Mullen from emailcrush.com with me, and we are going to chat about why email marketing is so important for food bloggers. Matt is the CEO of Email Crush. He is the creator of Email on Autopilot, the premier course for content creators who want to transform their email newsletters into their most powerful marketing tools. In addition to the course, Matt provides one-on-one consulting and personal coaching to some of the world's top bloggers. Personally, Matt enjoys quiet walks on the beach. He has a deep-rooted fear of frogs and secretly dreams of one day stealing a Pat Sajak's job. All right, Matt, the frog thing, I can totally relate to you on. (laughs) For me, it's not just frogs. It's like basically any slimy critter that moves. (laughs) But I have this story, like when I was babysitting in high school, the little boy that I was babysitting, he caught on to the fact that I did not like critters. So he went outside and captured a frog and he chased me around his house with it. And (laughs) I ended up like running outside and hiding in his garage for like an hour. And that's so horrible. But I was like, get it away from me. (laughs) And ever since then, every time I see a frog, I'm like, no. So I'm with you. Where did your fear come from? Has this been a lifelong thing for you? Well, first off, my smoking hot wife tells me that I'm I'm a fool for for publicly declaring that. Because there's going to be (laughs) that boy that chased you around is going to find me. And I don't know who this guy is, but he's going to chase me around with that frog. I really don't know where it came from. It's the fact that they're, like you said, they're slimy and then they're unpredictable. They they could jump on you at any time. Yes. And they jump so far. They jump so far. And they, oh, yeah, I know. no, it's uh, scary. I'm with you. So in addition to that, I mean, that's kind of a fun fact in itself, but do you have anything extra to add? <laughs> well, well, you, when you, when you asked me to think about that, the, the one thing I wanted to share is that I know a lot about email, but I do have this other set of knowledge that some people might be interested in. I know how to get you on Wheel of Fortune. Okay, so I was on what? Wheel of Fortune. That was my big claim to fame. And if you ever, if there's anybody out there that wants to know the secret to getting on Wheel of Fortune, there definitely is a formula. And if you can tap into that formula, now it's been, it's been nine years since I was on there, but I believe that it's still pretty much the same. So let me know. So you're just going to leave us hanging and we have to email you to get that formula, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, sign up okay. for my uh, how to get on the uh, Wheel yeah. of Fortune <laughs> guide. Um, yeah, that's that's a good idea, actually. That's awesome. So did you win anything? 
Well, so it's one of those things where I won 4,000 bucks, which on the face of it, if you said, look, I went on a game show and I won $4,000, you'd say, that's sweet, right? Well, I still suffer from a little uh, PTSD related to Wheel of Fortune when it comes on the TV because I was that guy. You know when you, you're like yelling at the TV like, you doofus, it's this. <laughs> what I, were you thinking? I was that guy and it, I was totally blank. So yeah, it, it, was a, it was a really fun experience and I, I would just love to go back and get redemption. But, you know. Oh, well, that is like one of the coolest fun facts I've heard. So email Matt for the formula. You bet. I'm curious too. I might email you about that. So you made a really big claim in your bio calling email marketing the most powerful marketing tool out there that we can use. Those are really strong, powerful words. And I know that you have found success personally in your own business to back that up. And you've also taught many others how to find this success as well. So I'm excited to help get all of your email knowledge out to as many food bloggers as possible. So let's dig into this and help food bloggers out. Not all food bloggers though have big email lists. So I think this is a really easy trap to fall into thinking it's not important to focus on email marketing. Like maybe somebody's like, well, I only have a couple hundred people or, you know, like there's always excuses why not to dig into it. So can you start out by just talking about why email marketing is important for food bloggers, no matter how big our lists are? Absolutely. And I, I think that you, you touched on a couple of really important points. I mean, a food blogger has so many things to worry about. And, you know, not, not just recipe creation and the publishing it, but the, the, you then have to write the content and the photos and the videos and then the tailwind for Pinterest and the Facebook group and then the SEO, just on and on and on. The list is massive. So I get why email kind of falls to the back burner. In fact, I had a friend tell me he used the analogy that, that email was kind of like eating healthy. You know you should do it. You know it's good for you. <laughs> But man, the Cinnabon right there in front of you, that whatever that is, that sure looks tasty and it needs your attention. Yes. So email is kind of like that. So I know that a lot of people have heard this before that, you know, the, the quote went around for a long, long time. The money's in the list. And I'm sure that people have heard that. The question is, do you really believe it? And, and why do I believe it? So I can tell you some personal stories from my personal experience. The first thing that is probably foremost on people's minds is your email list is the thing that you can actually own. Almost everything else in our businesses, as far as digital uh, marketers, we don't control so much. We don't control what Pinterest is going to do. We don't control the algorithms of Google. Hey, remember when Facebook pages were actually a thing, people? I mean, I'm sure there's somebody in this audience who does. And at any moment, Instagram could change how they're going to do their business, so on and so forth. TikTok might take off. It might drop off. Whatever that thing is, the email list is yours and you actually have that to fall back on. I have a little small example to illustrate this. My side hustle is I have a, a Disney vacation related website. And as you might guess, during the most recent quarantine, um, not a lot of people are taking or interested in Disney vacations because Disney cruises disappeared, Disneyland, Disney World, we're no, we weren't going there. So my traffic disappeared. The RPMs or CPMs gone. And so because I had a list, however, and I had a thriving healthy list, I was able to pivot, change up my content, and send stuff that was relevant to the quarantine period related to Disney. And I actually was able to manufacture, if you will, enough page views that it equaled my March ad revenue, equaled my February ad revenue. 
And if you consider what happened on, on March 15th and how things dropped off, for me, that was a huge, huge win. Now, my food blogging friends, they had a very different experience, most of them during the quarantine. But that leads to some of the other reasons that you should be building your list is because that in and of itself is fairly, that traffic can be transitory. It can be temporary. So when you own your list, when you get people onto your list, you can then, reason number two that you should build your list is you can engender engagement in such a way that is, that is unlike any other method out there. If you think about it, it's actually fairly intimate to have somebody's email address. You have the ability to, to drop a message into a place where they have a pretty good likelihood of seeing that. All other platforms, you have to pay for that, right? And even then, you don't have a very good chance to do that. So email is that one thing that allows you to. And be, beyond that, all they have to do to get you is hit reply. And they have a good chance of talking with you. So that's, that's reason number two. Number three, the reason that I love email and why I think you should be building your list is because it's fantastic for brand building. So food bloggers, there is very low barrier to entry for somebody to create a food blog. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being brutally honest there. They're just very low, low barrier to entry. So what sets you apart from somebody else? Is it the fact that your, your potato salad ranked higher on Google than somebody else's? Does that make you all of a sudden a more memorable or special brand? And if you are not engaging with your audience and solving their problems in a special way, then it's really tough to build a brand. So what I love about email is that you have the ability to communicate with them, tell why you are special, what makes you stand out from other food bloggers, and most important, solve their problems over and over again. And when you do that, that's when a brand starts to be built. Otherwise, if you think about it, you're a potato salad Google search result. Next time they get hungry and they need potato salad or some other thing, they can just Google it or go to Pinterest because they have a pretty good track record of getting what they want from Google or Pinterest or some Facebook viral recipe, right? So building a brand, you can use email and you can use automation in email to communicate your brand story in a very special way. And then the last reason for that, that I think that email well, not the last reason, but the last one I'll talk about here is that I think that you can actually use email to create super fans over time. Not just build a brand, but create super fans. The power of email automation today allows you to create a journey for your readers in a way that, I'm sorry, but most food bloggers are not doing. Mm, so the, true. The experience for most subscribers to a food blog is an RSS driven email that says, guess what? I have quinoa celery juice today. Now, if you get that in your at 7 a.m. in the, you know, in the morning, if an email from such and such food blog that you signed up for, and it tells you that you they have celery, quinoa juice, who cares? But if you are able to think through your reader's journey and communicate your best stuff in an order that makes sense for them using email, that's when you're solving their problems. And ultimately, that's how you stand out, build that brand and create a super fan that's going to buy from you, that's going to come back, click on your ads, tell their friends, um, all of that stuff. So that's why I love email. Wow. Well, I think you just sold me, but I'd already been sold by you before previously, but I think you probably just sold everyone who's listening because those are amazing reasons, right? I mean, this is not something that we want to ignore as part of our businesses. And I confess that I 
ignore this for a very, very long time. It was just like, like you said about the Cinnabon. Is that what you said? Cinnabon, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah yep. Cinnabon. It's sitting in front of me and like, I just want to eat it. And email was just like a, a side thought and I just didn't dig into it. But then I started hearing you and other people saying, you cannot keep ignoring this. And so I finally dug into it and it's paid off. It's definitely been worth it. I love that you mentioned solving your readers' problems because that is what I started focusing on. I just decided, okay, first I need to figure out what their problems are. So I started emailing them and sending out surveys and questions in my emails. What are you guys struggling with? And they reply. People, I mean, I was shocked, but people actually take the time to fill out those surveys and they're honest and there's consistencies. So I found the things that were consistent across the board that people were struggling with. And I just started knocking those off the list and helping them to solve those problems. So that's a super easy way to do it. So what else do you recommend if somebody is like, okay, I am totally neglecting my email list. How do I start? Like, where do I start with this? Yeah. So I think that the, well, and I just want to address something that you mentioned there. I think the fact that they're replying to you, number one, it just reinforces what we're talking about, about that engagement. You can actually you can actually now have a conversation with somebody on the other side of the screen that on the other side of the world that will, will tell you their thoughts and hopes and fears, which allows you to not just understand them, but you can now build out stuff that's perfect for them, which I think is, is fantastic. And quite frequently, we're too close to it, meaning, you know, uh, you may have been food blogging for a very long time and you forget what it's like to be in the kitchen without the secrets that you know. And those secrets are, like you said, they're gold back to that person. And so when we understand that and remember that, um, we can then deliver that. So your question was, how do we, where does somebody get started? Well, first of all, I think you have to prioritize this. Number one, I kind of give a little rah-rah to my clients, my coaching clients. Um, we don't want this to be that one thing you did that one time with that one guy, okay? Adopting an email marketing mindset is basically saying, I am willing to trade something of value for an email address. I'm really dumbing this down here. This is oversimplifying the whole process. But when you when you do that, the system works. You've heard them called lead magnets, email hooks, opt-ins, whatever it is. And there's a whole slew of them from printables and checklists and courses and so on and so forth. And, and many of your, your listeners probably, maybe they've thought about making one of those. Well, the very first thing is analyze what promise are you offering to somebody that's landing on your website? If your box says subscribe for updates, think about who actually will ever sign up for that. Okay, number one, your mom probably will. Number two, your besties and your diehard fans that you have worked very hard to cultivate. Okay, my guess though, that that's a pretty small audience relative to the traffic that you have coming in. So step number one is just take an assessment of is this actually trading value for an email address to somebody who is new to my website? Just put yourself in their shoes and for an instant think, would I ever sign up for a subscribe for more recipes? <laughs> you wouldn't because you want less email in your life, not more. So the answer here is come up with something that will solve a reader's problem and offer that in exchange for their email address. I liked what you said. Just assess what you're offering. That is so huge. Like if you're offering, hey, be a part of the community or I don't know, like 
you see that all the time and you're like, no, thanks. But if it's actually something that you want, then absolutely. I would give my address for something that's actually valuable. Yeah. And I think that that's the main point though, is that if you identify the fact that, or just think about the fact that your traffic is your best source for list growth and all that traffic is coming right now. So I know that you've got some listeners who are just starting a food blog, Mm -hmm. but this is true no matter your size. Whatever that traffic is coming from, that traffic is precious. And the more of it that you can convert to your email list, the better off you are. And in fact, the reason to do that when you're smaller or bigger are the same. You're going to be able to take those subscribers and drive them back to your website through your emails, which will increase your overall traffic, increase your authority, increase your branding. So I guess this goes back to, again, building your list. But the power of growing your business through email is really, really important. Yeah, just driving people back. That's what we all want, right? We all want the traffic. We want people to come back. We don't want to be a bounce. We want people to come and we want them to stay and trust us. And so by building up an email list, we are doing all of that that you mentioned, like authority and trust. So that kind of ties into what Google is wanting from us as well. And the other platforms, we're kind of fulfilling all of that by focusing on our email list. But it's like just another thing. And it's so easy to just like not want to do it because it is work. I mean, it's not like it's easy to get it set up. It requires you to do a little research and to think through some of that and to connect with your readers and see what they're wanting and then create that thing. So it's not like it's super easy peasy, but it's so worth it once you put the work in. Well, let me give everybody on this call, I'm going to give you my, I'm going to give you my secret formula to make it easy because I understand that it does seem like a challenge to get something up and running. But this technique that I use is very actionable and anybody who's getting started can do this, especially if you've got existing content already. And that is called the the quick start guide, okay? So the concept here is somebody is coming, landing on your website and is discovering your traffic for the first time. What can you say to them that says, hey, I have a quick start guide to X. Then what you do is you package up three to five articles, recipes, or secrets that you have that's already existing on your website. And you say, look, I've got three secrets to starting a keto diet, um, three secrets to the most amazing cookies of your life. I've got you know, five tricks to save time in the kitchen. I mean, literally every food blogger out there has something that falls into that category that you could start with. Does that solve a problem for your incoming reader? I think so. And you could start with something very general like that, or you could you could hone in on a, a specific category. Maybe you have a very thriving Instant Pot category or Air Fryer category. You could create this quick start guide for them. And then each email in that series, they're separated one per day, contains a link back to an article that helps them related to getting started with whatever the topic is. This is something that people can do literally right now. They could go, they could just bang something out really quickly if they have nothing else going on. Well, this is how I got started. So I took your mini course situation in March, right when the coronavirus was hitting. So we were all like, what's going on? And, but I knew I wanted to dive into email and I don't know, I just like took that opportunity and you were like, Hey, presented it to us. Like, this is so easy. And I was skeptical, but I spent one afternoon and I just like kicked out a quick start guide 
based on some content that I already had. So what I did was I went into my Google Analytics and I just like stared at those top, I don't know, like top 10 most popular posts. I'm like, what is it? Like what is standing out? Because I really didn't know what to focus on. And then it just came to me like you need to focus on party food. So I created a quick start guide revolving around party food and like how to, you know, how to serve different diets and preferences. And that's just kind of one of my things. Like I love hosting. And so I did that in a few hours and then the virus hit and I was like, well, this isn't really appropriate. So so then I did another one based on quarantine food and just like how to manage the situation without yeast and how to make bread without, you know, like all of that stuff. And it did so great. I mean, it was like people loved it. I got so many comments back. And it was, like you said, it was a really easy way. And before that, I was so daunted by this. Like, I cannot create. Like, what do I create and how do I do it? But it is a super easy, quick secret formula, as Matt said. So finding that thing, though, because I know in within the group that we were in, a lot of people were struggling with that. Like, what do I do? I mean, like, where do I start? So what are your recommendations for that? Number one, don't overthink it. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm just guessing if you're listening to this and if this is resonating with you at all, it probably means that what you had wasn't working that well to begin with. So whatever you come up with is probably going to be better than what you're currently doing. So just give yourself some grace that way. Okay. Don't overthink it. And it falls into the don't overthink it category. Just come up with something as broad as you possibly can to get started. You can hone the strategy later. You can dive into segments. You can do all that, but just get something that casts a broad net. And I like what you said, Megan, about looking at your existing traffic, because like I said, your traffic is your number one source for list growth. So where's the traffic coming? And hey, if they're all coming in on you know, your, your jalapeno poppers, then maybe something related to great appetizers might make a lot of sense. And so that's just an idea of, of thing to start with. And then you literally, you grab those and you throw them together. You work on a snappy title and you, you put it up there. Because you do not have to, um, you don't have to get this perfect. You really don't. And you can tweak it. That's the great thing about email. You can go in and you can change it. Even while it's in process, you can go in and change it. My experience with, with most food bloggers is that we want it all to be perfect. We want it all to be buttoned up. We want it to be just right. We want the pictures to reflect this and that. And I get it. That's what makes you successful. In this case, however, what I'm saying is 70% is pretty dang good. So, you know, come up with a snappy title, grab a few of those things, spend an afternoon like you talked about and bang out these emails and put it in front of them and see what happens. That's where the momentum comes. That's where the learning comes. I quite frequently experience this. Nothing really happens until the list starts growing. So all the other stuff, the other stuff that I can teach you, the other stuff I can sell you, (laughs) the ways that you can make money with your list, all that stuff, nothing really happens until you start growing your list. When that happens, then the light bulb goes on and all of a sudden, then you're coming to me going, okay, now what? And I have the now what, but it all starts right here. So you just do the basics, you get something up. Now, if you're stuck on that, here's the other trick you could do. Go to your most popular post. Let's say it was jalapeno poppers. I don't know where I got that. I I must Mm, be. Sounds good. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Um, You go to jalapeno poppers and you say, what else? could I offer somebody that is coming to this, to this recipe, you know, a dipping sauce, a dipping sauce. Okay. Yeah. Five dipping sauces. 
This could be one email that you deliver via email that is, you know, you throw a pop-up on that page, you throw up an embedded form, you throw in those little slider thingies. That's the technical term is a slider thingy. <laughs> and then you, you say, hey, my three secret dipping sauces, come get them. Now these dipping sauces could be elsewhere on the website, but just by offering that at the moment that they are, they're interested in, they're thinking about jalapeno poppers, you're going to get people onto your list by just doing that. So even if you're, so if you're stuck with the quick start guide, just do one thing. Don't do five lessons, just do one email. You'll still be doing better than subscribe for updates. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, get a little specific. And I like that you use the word secret a lot and you actually recommended doing that. And I now I do it in all of my quick start guides. I've only done two so far, but I have like five, I don't know, it was like five kitchen secrets for getting through the quarantine. And now it's like summer party food secrets. Or, but I just think people are intrigued by that, right? Like they're like, ooh, she has a secret and I need to know it. So then they're much more likely to click over as opposed to like, Hey, join the family. Just <laughs> okay. Yes, I have tried so many different permutations of guides, and and sometimes beginner's guide works great, or quick start guide, or whatever. But yeah, people love secrets and hacks and tricks. And if you think about it too, I'm counting on you as a subject matter expert to know a lot more about things than I do. And so if you're just going to give me even a little nugget of information that I didn't have before, that's why I love the tips and tricks. I don't really want to go to your culinary school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't have time right. for that. But if, if you if you give me a little tweak that opens up a ton of room in my pantry, oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, right. I'm down for that. Well, I think there are a few words that you can use that really intrigue people. I think secret is one of them. Hack. Um, I don't know what else. Miracle. Um, Miracle. <laughs> oh, I haven't tried that yet. I'm going to add Wonder. That to <laughs> Wonder. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to actually do this before our chat and I completely forgot, but I should go back and look because my subscribers have increased so much since I implemented my first quick start guide. And that is thanks to you, Matt. So everyone create a quick start guide. I know it's like so daunting to jump into email lists and emails and all of that, but this really is a great way to dive in. Matt, do you have anything outside of quick start guides that would act as good freebies or something to offer people that would actually like cause them to open and click our emails? I do. So, well, the quick start guide is my favorite. And the reason for that, and I'm going to, I'm going to answer your question as well. But the, the reason that I love the quick start guide is that if you think about it, people are giving you permission to be in their inbox for three to five days in a row. That's pretty powerful for branding and for them to get to know you and for them to come back and start to recognize your logo and things like that. So I just recently, I do have, I have a course, I guess uh, this is a slight self promotion here. I have a course called email and autopilot, which is my signature course for those that are serious about this and want to do all the things, you know, that's what I recommend is email and autopilot. However, if you're just wanting to get started, I just recently actually putting the, the finishing touches on a course called email quick start. And it's, it's launching very, very soon. It's going to be 150 bucks. But for anybody that is on this podcast and listening to this right now, I could really use a beta tester or two. So if you want to be part of that beta test, you can do it for free in exchange for some feedback. So I'll have, I'll have some stipulations like you got to give me, you got to tell me, did that yeah. video work <laughs> and, you know, and all that stuff. But if you're interested in that, just email me and I'll get you into that beta test for email quick start. It's the beta test group will happen for just a few weeks during the summer. So matt at emailcrush.com 
um, just hit me up. Do you have a um, limit to that, Matt? I'm going to have to cut it off at some point, and I know these these podcasts live for a while. So, but just get in, and I'll I'll do my best to accommodate as many people as I can to get you going because I really do want the feedback. Yeah, awesome. So so jump in if you if you're interested. Definitely take him up on that. As far as other tools, it's basically, and I'm going to simplify it by saying whatever you've got that creates additional value. So if I have a Disney cruise packing list, which I do, my checklist, the downloadable printable checklist converts at a very high rate, as you can imagine. Okay. In the food blogging world, what might that be? It might be um, place settings. It could be those cute signs that you put up when you're, what do you call them? A, a printable, a cute sign a that says this is what's for, what, what for dinner or, or a menu. Um, that might be fun. Your grocery checklists, all these different things. Or, you know, what's in my pantry? You could have a checklist for that. I'm just coming up with, I'm making stuff up off the top of my head. For you guys, you guys can probably think about that. All you have to do is like go back to the jalapeno poppers and what can I exchange that is going to help solve their next problem based on what I know about them and where they, where they are. And so with that, as you think about this, and this is where a lot of people will freak out because they're like, oh, that sounds overwhelming. Just start with something general for your website and then hone in little by little on the areas of your website that are getting the most traffic. Just go where the traffic is and create something there. If your traffic is on Instagram, it's like some people may be huge on Instagram and not have much in the way of blog traffic. Some people may have this huge Facebook group, et cetera, et cetera. The concept and the principle is the same. It doesn't matter where they are. You just have to adopt for that for that platform a little bit. Well, that's great. That gives people some things to think through. And also considering seasons, like, you know, obviously you don't want to put up a quick start guide about summer food in the winter. You want to be appropriate with that too. My, I, so I have this ideal in my head, this image of me having like all of these quick start guides just floating around, like ready to activate that's like my dream just you know like based on the season or based on different party foods or I don't know do you have that or do you organize like different quick start guides and move through them systematically how do you do that absolutely oh <laughs> that dream is my dream as well it's oh. right next, right up there with um you know the house in Hawaii but those are those two yeah. yes. much main dreams the the concept that's the concept right is your business is going to change your readers' needs change. Being relevant to the season makes a ton of sense. Being relevant to the post makes a ton of sense. What are they thinking about right now? So the more opt-ins, I'll call them opt-ins as a whole, the more opt-ins that you have, the better off you're going to be at growing your list. It's just plain and simple. Some you can turn on at different times. I've got a client, for example, who we created an Easter quick start guide. We turned it on. This was in 2019. We turned it on and it killed and then just turned it off. And it's sitting there waiting for her in 2020. Now she decided not to have it run as long in 2020 because of quarantine. People weren't thinking about Easter the same way they were in 2019. But for that week of Easter, she turned it on and it did great. So it was just sitting there waiting for her. And so absolutely. Do you recommend doing different opt-ins like at the same time? So if you have a pop-up on your website, can you also put opt-ins like on individual blog posts or in the sidebar? Or is that too confusing? Well, it, uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's where, you know, that's, that's email marketing kind of 200 level classes. But you definitely want to go there because, again, it comes down to where is your traffic landing and what is she thinking about? If she's landing on baked goods, then 
a quick start guide related to baked goods is going to be more effective than how to get dinner on the table. Now the how to get dinner on the table might work great site-wide when you don't have something there. But in the baked goods section, wouldn't it be awesome if you had something specific to that? It's going to convert better. So yes, and in today's technology, both on our blogs with our, you know, the, the, the opt-in software from pop-ups and other opt-in forms, you can target posts, pages, tags, categories in WordPress. So absolutely, all that is possible. So that's kind of next level thinking. So if somebody is listening and just wanting to get started, you know, just get something up, just do it, spend an afternoon like I did. And once you do it, it's like, it's so rewarding because you're like, whoa, I finally did it. And it's a big deal, but it really wasn't. Like (laughs) you realize what a big deal you were making out of nothing for years in my case. Like, oh, I should have done this so long ago. It's kind of ridiculous, but (laughs) just do it. Just get started. So Matt, you've kind of talked through a few ways to just grow a list, but do you have any hacks? I'll use your words, hacks or secrets to grow lists quickly? Yeah. Well, another, another hack is if you are strong on Instagram, and I know that many people that listen to you have a, an Instagram following of 10,000 or more. You can do a, you know, the old swipe up to sign up trick, which is promote your quick start guide there and talk about it. In fact, you could talk about it all week long. You could say, hey, guys, I'm so, so let's go back to the uh, what to cook during the quarantine. Okay, so, you know, guys, things have changed. The world has changed all week long. I'm going to be sharing with you recipes that are perfect for our current quarantine situation. And we're going to kick it off with my quick start guide to baking during the quarantine. In it, you'll find tips and recipes and blah, 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 blah. And I'm really excited to share it with you. Swipe up to sign up and you'll get it. Then all week long, you share other recipes and things that are related to it. And you just keep bringing that back and you keep mentioning it because you've given yourself permission to do so by declaring it quarantine recipe week. You keep bringing back that quick start guide. So for those of you who are on Instagram, go try that tactic and you'll have an immediate surge. The people that are following you on Instagram, by the way, these people should be on your list. My guess is that they're not and they may not even know that you have a list and they should be on there because they get you better than most people do and your information is really valuable to them. Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of us don't think about that. It's like a total separate entity. So we just like, those are my Instagram people and those are my Facebook people. And we don't think to always like, you know, put a bridge there. So what's the best way to do that? Just like you mentioned the stories and the swipe up, but what if we don't have the swipe up? Do we put a link directly to our email list in our bio or what is the best way to go about that? Yeah, and I've I've found that that approach doesn't work as well. The swipe up is obviously much more direct, but but certainly you're going to want to. I guess the main point here is create your opt-ins, and then promote your opt-ins. I guess that's what we're getting at. That's the hack. Promote it wherever you know, whether it's Facebook groups, whether it's you know you get one of your fellow food blogging friends to promote it for you that does have a bigger audience. Whatever that means, that's that's kind of where I would go. Yeah, that's great. Well, we have covered a lot. I kind of feel like we could go on and on, so we've got to cut it off somewhere. But before we start saying goodbye, is there anything that we didn't cover relating to list growth or freebies or lead magnets or just kind of in general email marketing that you want to cover to make sure to cover? I want to leave painting a bigger picture. So a lot of people feel like, and we talked about this at the the beginning, why you need to build your list. 
look, when you build a following, you have control of your business. Just, I want you to imagine this for a second. You have thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that you know that you can communicate with at any time. What does that enable you to do? Sure, you could continue to send them your recipes, which is going to drive more traffic back. But it also allows you to open up all sorts of different avenues. You could be selling an ebook, a course. You could sell sponsorships to that list. You could be um, using that audience to create custom audiences to sell something in Facebook, YouTube advertising, Google advertising, remarketing, retargeting. I'm getting into high level, next level stuff. And some of that may be completely foreign to you guys. But my point is that when you start investing in your list, this is not a cost. This is an investment because of what it opens up for you. So many of my clients that are making money off of ads, making money off of sponsored listings, once they grow that list, it opens up, of course, more ads being seen. And of course, makes your sponsorships that much more valuable. But it also opens up so many other opportunities to promote anything you want from affiliate to your own product. It's fantastic. So on top of all those things that I mentioned, email is a huge, huge business builder and it's so worth the investment. Even if you just look at it as an insurance policy for your business against algorithm changes, it's so worth doing right now. That's my rah-rah. <laughs> yeah, no, that is so great. And I have found that too. I mean, I had a fairly big list before, you know, pre-Matt, <laughs> pre-Matt's course. And I say fairly big because I never worked at it, literally did nothing to my list. And so I had, you know, a few thousand subscribers and I thought that was pretty good. But since then it's grown so much. And I've also found that it's prompted me to like start thinking about new products and courses and services like you mentioned like it's almost inspired me like oh these people are here they wanted that so maybe I could create this so it actually causes inspiration in my experience so I think you're right a lot does come from it and a lot of opportunities will come to you once you start digging into it and it's a really cool just I don't know like an extension of your business that I ignored for way too long but I highly recommend listening to Matt's advice and not ignoring it anymore. So there. So that there. That was great. <laughs> so there. <laughs> do it, people. Yes. So do it. Matt, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I know that this is going to fall on ears that need to hear this. So food bloggers are going to just eat this up. So thank you so, so much. Oh, thanks for having me. It's such a wonderful opportunity. Oh, well, before you go, I always ask my guests to share either a favorite quote or words of inspiration for food bloggers, do you have anything to share? I do. And it's very simple. And I often remind myself of this. I don't know who to attribute the quote to, but I've used this a lot in my entrepreneurial journey. And that is go fast, break stuff. It basically is giving myself permission to try and to fail because in that process, every time I've done it, I've either learned or it's led me to what I needed to be doing or I nailed it. <laughs> so um, go fast, break stuff. Oh, I love it. Simple, short, and sweet and to the point, but that's awesome. So I will put together a show notes page for you, Matt. So anyone interested in checking that out can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash email crush. 
And then also take Matt up on his offer to be a beta tester for his new course. I think that sounds amazing. So I think we all know where to find you, Matt, but reiterate that. Tell my listeners the best place they can find you online. Yep. It's emailcrush.com. If you're interested in the signature course, that's email on autopilot.com. And if you want to be part of that beta thing, then just email me, Matt, at emailcrush.com. And also, we need your secret formula for getting onto Wheel of Fortune. So <laughs> be sure That's to email Matt about episode. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you again for being here, Matt. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.